Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for listening to AFR on this Thursday, June the 24th. Again, we appreciate you listening to American Family Radio. Tim Wildman here with Walker Wildman. Good morning, Walker. Good morning. Good to be on today. Fred Jackson. Good morning, sir. And Ray Pritchard. How you doing, Tim? Doing well, Ray. How about yourself, brother? Hey, it's all good. Everything's good. Now, um, I talked to you about this the other day. You're When are you going to be... On the road? Oh, we, we're leaving on Saturday and gone for the next three weeks, spending uh, doing some Bible teaching next week at Maranatha Bible and Missionary Conference in Muskegon, Michigan. And we said on Tuesday, we have an AFR station in Muskegon. Mm-hmm. So if you're around that area next week, come out, come by and say hello. And then week after that, to upstate New York, to Word of Life, where I go every summer, be speaking to adults the first week uh, and then to the teenagers the second week. Now, are you driving or flying? We're flying. It's a little little too far to make Michigan and upstate New York. Yeah. Well, we wish you the best. Pray for you. you. And uh, flying uh, these – well, you still got to wear the face mask, by the way. You know that, don't you? Yeah, I do. And, you know, I I hear, though, that I think by this fall maybe the airlines are going to – yeah, I think by September. Maybe sooner because there are some Democrat and Republican senators that are, well, they're tired of it. That's right. They're tired of having to wear the face mask themselves on, on, mm-hmm. on uh And I on think they've travel. heard from their constituents all over the country. We're all tired of it. Right, yeah. <laughs> but those are short flights, right, pretty yes. much? Yeah, from where hour, two hours, something like yeah. that. All right. Well, again, we thank you for listening, folks. If you want to join us on the Internet, Walker, what do they need to do? Yes, we have our website, AFR.net, up and running. You can listen live there. We also have a, a show page. Today's Issues has a show page there at AFR.net. We have the AFR app on your mobile device. It's a great way to listen as well. It's free. Just download the AFR app. And uh, lastly, we're on Facebook and YouTube live streaming the show. Facebook and YouTube, just type in Today's Issues. You can find our show there and watch it. Jan Markell and Alex McFarlane will be along later on in the hour. Fred, uh, what's going on with this building in Florida? An absolutely unbelievable, horrific event in the Miami area of Florida. A 12-story condo building. More than half of it collapsed. 1.30 this morning. Security cameras actually caught this. It's YouTube and others are showing this right now. Just talking with Walker a minute ago, it's kind of like the videos that you see when they deliberately want to bring down an old building. A demolition. Demolition. They put uh, dynamite charges in there and it collapses. Yes. This is what it looks like. One thirty this morning. This is a condo building with about 130 condos. And a portion of it, taking about half of those condos out, they just pancaked, they call it. It pancaked. It mm-hmm. collapsed. Now, 35 people were able to be rescued. Some of them were taken to hospital. The latest we have is that two of those have passed away. But there is fear. Governor Ron DeSantis made a statement this morning. Some of the local search and rescue people 
There is fear with that many condos that have collapsed, 60, 70 condos, that there are likely many more bodies inside. They've sent dogs into the rubble to look. They can't hear anything coming from there. They've brought in heavy equipment now to try to carefully start moving away some of the debris so that people can get in there and start looking for other survivors. But at this point, at this point, it is there's great fear of many lives lost. Walker. Yeah, I've never seen anything like this. Um, I, I've really never seen anything like this, even in third world countries, without a natural disaster. Without an earthquake. Right, without an earthquake. I mean, this this was a still night in Florida, and instantly, um, instantaneously, the, the building starts collapsing with nothing that we're aware of to initiate it. Mm. Now, once they once they do an investigation, they may find out something was faulty with the foundation or the structure or there was a sinkhole. But right now, we don't know any of that. Ray, did you see this? I, I did, and... Uh... You know, you, you see the video. It's eerie. It's it's terrifying. It reminded me, Tim, of nine eleven. You know, I know it's a different situation. I know it is. The, the planes flying into the World Trade yeah. Center, but to see the building collapse, pancake, as Fred said, what and, and the other buildings around it, apparently untouched. What in the world could what what in the world could have done that? Yeah, my, my first reaction was sinkhole, as Walker just mentioned, because those are prevalent in Florida because right. it's flat, it's swampy in a lot of places, low-lying, built on sand. You know what I'm saying? So right. that, that was my first reaction. And you're, you're talking about a 40-year-old building, right? 40-year-old building. One of the survivors, Barry Cohen, he's a— uh, quoted in the AP story we have on One News Now right now, at 63 years old, said he and his wife were asleep in the building, just remember, 1.30 in the morning, when he first heard what he thought was a crack of lightning. And the couple went out on their balcony, then opened the door to the building hall, building's hallway to find a pile of rubble and dust and smoke. They, they made it down to the basement. I'm not sure how they did this. He makes comment, I mean, and you're going to hear lots of people talking about this, but he says there's a brand new condo building right next door. And he said he feared because when they were constructing that, their building, 40 years old, was shaking sometimes. We don't know. Right. right He's not an engineer right. as far as we know. Right. But uh, this, this yeah. uh, as you folks have said, this, this is not usual for this country yeah i remember san francisco earthquake you saw that kind of collapse yeah. well then what what typically happens is is when they do annual inspections or whatever you they may discover a fault like yeah. we've seen with the memphis arkansas yes uh state line bridge right and and then they close it down and fix it uh but there i don't know yet if there were any warnings that this building had any issues so how tall was it it's a 12-story uh, condo. Okay, 12 stories, and the whole thing collapsed or one side? It, of it had uh, according, about one half of it. Yeah, according to the mayor, it had uh, the mayor of the city that this happened in. Um, it had 130 units, 130 units, and half of those collapsed. I mean, it was it was so sheer, Tim. In In, in one of the pictures, you could see... Just right there on the edge, there's a bunk bed. There's a bunk bed. It just, it sheared it off 
just straight down like that. How is that possible? What in the world? Mm, I don't know. So, so one, two, two dead. That's what we know so at this far hour, at this hour. Yeah, but, but there are fears. There are many more bodies inside. Mm. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. It would have to be if it collapsed like that. You know, who could survive that? Right. right? Yeah. Very sad. Uh, but we'll follow that. Brad, next story. Yes, sir. Well, as we, I think, alluded to yesterday, President Joe Biden uh, came out late yesterday afternoon to address what uh, the country knows as the rising crime rates in several, mostly, if not all, big Democrat cities. We're talking Chicago, New York. Horrific crime rates climbing dramatically over the last year or so. I think we predicted this yesterday that the president was going to come out and he was going to blame guns. Uh, yes, I think I was the one who predicted that, but I think the rest of y'all joined in. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I was the first honest. one. Yeah, right. go ahead. So uh, apparently there are no evil people in America, just the guns are evil. It's a tired old liberal uh, idea. That just I knew that's what he was going to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What what he's trying what he's trying to do, President Biden. By the way, do we have a clip from this? We have have a listen to this uh, because he was not having a good day in trying to articulate his concerns. It's cut number seven. The blood of patriots, you know, and all the stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government. Well, the tree of liberty is not water with the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there. Are Never been, if you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. Police Chief Murray of the Baltimore, uh, uh, excuse me, Police Chief Murray, Police Chief Murphy, Paul of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, it means confirming my outstanding nominee for, to lead the AFT, excuse me, the, the ATF, David Chipman. They'll tell you there's no possible justification for having 100 rounds in a magazine of a gun. Like I've said before, what do you think? The deer wearing Kevlar vest? I don't know what to say. That's pretty scary. That's the president of the United States. Commander-in-chief. He's got the nuclear codes. And I, I, I'm not sure. Now, I don't know what to say on two levels. I know. One is... The substance of what he's talking about, which we can discuss, that is that that uh, the guns are to blame for the violence. Mm -hmm. And secondly, the fact that he sounds like he's half asleep while he's talking, which is a not a good sign. Right. That's uh, the president of the United States, Walker. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is the argument they make. And, you know, the, the, the problem with their argument is. Wh which um, argument are you talking about? The argument about, about the guns. Yes. Okay. The guns and the 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 uh, magazine capacities. Uh, this is it's a straw man argument um, because who made who made Biden the one that gets to decide how many how much ammo I get to have in my magazine? Where is that in the Constitution that the government he doesn't can meddle in that in that? Because after all, you, you could if you take the the president's argument and extend it farther, you could you could just say, well, we don't need hunting rifles. We, we, we provide food and meat for you at the grocery store, so you don't need to hunt uh, with your hunting rifle. So we don't need guns at all in the hands of civilians. So th this is 
the the path they want to go down thinking guns are the problem we all know guns aren't the problem the problem is people shooting the guns criminals that's that he's trying to get out ahead of what's going to happen this what's happening in our country and that is a rise especially in big cities of violent crime and the reason there's violent crime rising, uh, the numbers are going way, way up across the country. Again, basically in the big cities. Democrat runs. It's because of the defund the police movement, which right. is a Democrat idea. Yes. Okay. That's, this is a result of that. And these, uh, these prosecutors, the no bail, the prosecutors that are, that are not prosecuting the law. Right. George Soros funded prosecutors. Then you got no bail in many of these cities, so they don't even get pe- people who commit crimes aren't even getting in trouble. In San Francisco, they as long as you sh- as long as you shoplift under a thousand bucks, you're free to do that. That's why they close. I-, I don't know if I'm exactly right on those numbers, but that's that's basically how they Walgreens has closed yeah, seventeen Walgreens stores. Walgreens closed seventeen stores in San Francisco. Why? Because their prosecutors are not putting people in jail who steal stuff. Right. Add all that to the breakdown of the family, especially in inner city America. So all those reasons are failures of Democrat policy. And those are the reasons for the spike in violent crime. He doesn't want to talk about any of that. The Democrats never want to talk about personal responsibility on behalf of people to stop shooting others and attacking one another they only want to blame the guns yeah can we just play the first 20 seconds of this again listen very carefully to what he's saying here this is kind of scary the blood of patriots you know and all the stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government well the tree of liberty is not water with the blood of patriots what's happened is that there never been if you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government. You need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. Uh, yeah, that's that's all. I had to wonder when I heard that, okay, he's been talking about white supremacy as the major problem facing this nation. Yeah. He's talking about, you guys have guns, but we have F-15s. Right, like the government's going to use F-15s on its citizens if on, it needs on to. On its citizens. Right. This, well, Ray, that's what scary. Was the, what, Ray, what was the nuclear weapons remark about did you hear this one he appeared to be threatening f-15s and nuclear weapons against his political opponents if that's actually what he meant that would be an impeachable offense yeah the 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 truth with joe biden is nobody knows what he means because that tim the, the whole clip of the longer clip we played it's frightening it's sad we've never had a president in our lifetimes who who has become almost incoherent in his communications the way Joe Biden has. And so if you ask him what he meant, honestly, I don't know that he could explain what he meant. But it is, it's chilling. If he meant to threaten the American people, uh, then we have come to a very dangerous place. This is the bizarre thing about Democrats is they spend more time going after law-abiding citizens than they do going after the criminals. I mean, we've got drug cartels on our southern border with with 100-round magazines uh, coming across the border with trucks of cocaine, and and Trump and and Biden has his FBI going after people who were there on January sixth. <laughs> I mean, the, the, their priorities are, are yeah. way out of whack. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't even know the point of the press conference yesterday. What did he? He's going after gun dealers, right? That's what basically what he said. Huh? Yeah. 
Going after gun dealers. And, but that is, uh, I tell you what, I, you know, if I were a betting man, I would say he's not going to make it four years. Would no. you? No. Huh? I don't no. know how he can. No, no. way. Well, four years, it's already been six months. Has it been six months? Yeah, just Something over. Something like six months. And he already is really slowing down. So, um, You know, the other day, the former uh, Surgeon General and the former presidential doctor uh, from Jackson, yeah. Dr. Jackson, he he went well, three administrations that Dr. Jackson watched over Rod, President yes. Rodney Jackson. Rodney Jackson, and he said, and you could say it's political, but I, I'm a, he's a doctor. He says Joe Biden must undergo a cognitive test. He has got to do his his people that for the good of the country, this man needs to undergo a cognitive test. I don't know, though. I don't want President Harris. Huh? <laughs> Either. I'd rather no. Joe hang on. One yeah. at a time. For That's another true. year or two. Huh? That's true. Prop him up. But uh, we're having... we have. I should Tim, say that. Tim, we're having these kind of episodes public. Yeah. Who knows what happens behind the scenes, but this is happening now, not just every week, but two or three times a week. And again, I don't think that's a political statement. It's This no. is more... This is more... Uh, this is a man of advanced age who is not in mm. apparently not in full control. Well, of at what faculties. point does it become elder abuse? Yeah, I think the election was. Yes. Yeah. All right, you're listening to today's issues on American Family Radio, or as Joe Biden would call it, ARF. <laughs> huh? AFT. AFT. Oh, Fred, next story. Well, Walker kind of leads us into the next story in that the priority of the Biden administration appears to be going after people who all they did was they were in Washington on yeah. January the 6th. This is another frightening story. Yeah, let me just set this up for just a minute. So I'm perusing the news last night on the Internet. Yes. As I do most evenings. And I, 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 one of the sites I go to is the New York Post. Yes. And the New York Post is a relatively conservative newspaper in um, New York City. Big paper, probably top ten in the in the country. And they had this story uh, that Fred's about to talk about, which was, which was shocking, about a gentleman uh, in his late sixties, sixty nine, sixty nine, who lives in New York City, who was in Washington D.C. for the uh, January sixth rally that President Trump had. And what happened? To, since then, what happened to him, Fred? This All right. Is, can, you, can you put this on our Facebook page, Brent? Because this is, this is one of those stories where you go, this can happen in America? Go ahead, Fred. Yeah. His name is Joseph Polanis. Lives on the Upper West Side of New York. Pillar of his community. Been the president of his Upper West Side Block Association past 23 years. He is a registered Democrat. He liked some of what President Trump did during President Trump's years in office. So he and some friends, uh, they want to go down to Washington, D.C. on January 6th to hear the speech. <laughs> to listen to Joseph Bolanis, he says it wasn't a particularly good speech, so he decided to go back to his friend's hotel room early. He took some pictures from the hotel room, so he wasn't even at the Capitol when all those people went up to the Capitol building. In fact, he, Joseph, never entered the Capitol building. 
But a few days afterwards, he gets a phone call from the FBI. They want to talk to him. A pair, the FBI? The FBI. They want to talk to him because they got a call from one of Joseph's neighbors who didn't like the because they heard Joseph went down to the January 6th speech. They didn't like that, so they called the FBI on Joseph. So he gets a visit from the FBI, and they question him. Among the questions was, he's a 69-year-old guy. They ask him if he's a member of Black Lives Matter or Antifa. Obviously not. But a few days later, this is where the story gets really scary. He's in his apartment, and he hears a knock on the door early in the morning, goes to the door. There are at least 10 heavily armed police, FBI agents. One of them has a gun pointed at Joseph's head. They raid his apartment. They start taking stuff out of there, which he today... He has not been charged. This is four months later. They haven't charged him with anything. He didn't go into the Capitol building. He did not. No. And he's got photos to prove it because they're time stamped. He wasn't there. And he he was in Washington, D.C., but he, was, he didn't go inside the Capitol building. He did right. not. This is scary stuff. This is not the first time we've heard this. We had the couple in Alaska. This story came out a couple of months ago. They get the same kind of visit from the FBI because they happen to be, uh, they didn't go in the Capitol January 6th. They take their computers. They have not faced any charges. But this is a weaponized, this is a weaponized judicial department now yeah. under the Biden administration. Yeah, Trump was able to do some good with the FBI and the DOJ, but he wasn't able to do, um, he wasn't able to make long-term change there. I mean, these are all still Obama. These are career career FBI officials under the DOJ and the FBI, and they're they're political hacks. I mean, we saw this with the Russia hoax, with the Russia investigation into candidate Trump. Um, Remember Stone, Roger Stone, uh, Manafort. One other thing here's very interesting. In Stone, remember CNN got a tip that yeah. this was going to happen. Yeah, they showed up to with video. Joseph at his apartment. NBC magically shows up when they do the raid. Hmm. Listen, this is just an average fella. He's 69 years old. He lives right. in New York City, Ray. He he drives to, I guess he drove to Washington, D.C., attended the rally, not the Capitol. Not, uh, I he don't didn't know. go inside the Capitol. Right. He didn't right. go. He was at the Marriott. What did he do wrong? He did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. That's what he says, and I believe him. What law did he break? He didn't break any laws that we know of. Well, they right? haven't charged him. Listen to this. Uh, then he has uh, he opened the door. He said he's home to, to repeat what Fred said because to think about this, uh, this is how, how long I don't know how much longer later this is after January sixth. But he said I opened the door and there's about ten tactical police soldiers and one is pointing a rifle at my head. They had a battering ram and a crowbar. Uh, now it's kind of scary to think. Well, the FBI did this. And they had wrong information. Right. Okay. If that's true, that's that's scary, too, to think the FBI could mess it up at that level. Mm-hmm. And then, you remember, they went into this fellow's, uh, this couple's home in Alaska. Yes. A month ago. And they weren't even in D.C. And they weren't, remember that? Yeah. And, but they were inquiring them about that. I've heard they use their use phone pings from that day. Yeah. To try to- what they're doing is they're partnering without a warrant. 
they're partnering with cell phone providers to get bulk data on everyone who was in D.C. on that date. And we, ha- I have heard from, not firsthand, but I've heard from a person I trust who talked to an FBI agent, off record, obviously, who said that the Justice Department, who oversees the FBI, told them to make this priority number one, going after the people who were in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. On January 6th. They would say went into the Capitol that day, but obviously this gentleman didn't even go in there, and his life's been basically ruined. Yeah. Uh, and we posted that on our Today's Issues Facebook page. We'll be back momentarily. We got nothing but Italians on this show. We're changing lives one question at a time. <laughs> Trivia Friday is educational programming. What big cat can't roar? That's pathetic. The mime cat. I've seen them. They got those white gloves on their paws. You use milk to sweeten your breath. In the first yes. century. What happened when the milk soured? You got trouble. Yeah, right that's there. a good. Uh, See, you don't get a second date. I'll just tell you that right now. Trivia Friday, 10 a.m. Central on American Family Radio. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox my hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit inhisimage.movie. You're made in the image of God. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stearns with news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. We need to have a serious conversation in this country about the Fourth Estate. The mainstream media, CNN, the New York Times, the networks, they have all become propaganda machines churning out one-sided rhetoric. Their mission over the past five years has been pretty obvious. Stop Donald Trump no matter the cost. And they did, knowingly broadcasting and publishing lies and half-truths about the president and his administration. The propaganda campaign started well before he put his hand on the Bible. Media outlets advancing allegations our president was a traitor, that he colluded with the Russians, turned out not to be true. Fake news. They said he praised white supremacists in Charlottesville, Virginia. Again, a provable lie. And most recently, an inspector's general report struck down one of the most egregious lies, that the president had ordered police to move protesters out of Lafayette Park so he could take a picture in front of a church. Whatever happened to Just the Facts, America? I'm Todd Stearns. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. American Family Radio.
This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on American Family Radio. That story we were talking about before the break about the 69-year-old New York gentleman um, is posted at our Facebook page. It's really uh, go to Facebook and type in today's issues, and you can read it there. Um, just to review, it's a, it's a it's a shocking story about a fella, just an average guy. His name is Joseph Bolanos, B-O-L-A-N-O-S, and and he went to Washington D.C. on January the sixth, but he he didn't go in the White House. He just attended the rally that the president held, and now. He's uh, being, basically, his life's been turned upside down because the FBI's been after him. And he's not been charged with anything. So he he needs to get somebody, some high-powered lawyer needs to take this case. Yeah. Huh? To represent him. Because this sounds like what goes on in in a, Ray, in a a, um, totalitarian state. A banana republic, we used to say, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some some third world country where the government, unfettered by anything like a constitution, they can come and knock on your door, knock it down in the middle of the night, drag you off to jail. And in places like that, they can drag you off and you're never even seen again. So what's up? Is there something else to this story that we haven't been told? Because if the facts are simply as they're laid out here, it makes no sense. Well, he hadn't What's been charged. The, right, hadn't been charged. So what did he do wrong? Yeah, he, he insists he committed no crime. So, um, And he's willing to go for, uh, public with his story. By the way, he had a stroke the night after the, uh, the FBI came and came into his home. You know, it's interesting. There have been two or three of these accounts. Blood pressure went through the roof. Yeah, there have been two or three accounts like this of yeah. people who uh, went January 6th. I have not heard one story like this with regards to the people who set buildings on fire, attacked federal buildings in Minneapolis and Portland and Seattle. I haven't heard one story like this. So what's going on? Well, no, I, Kamala Harris is paying for their bail. Yeah, she did in, do that. In Minneapolis, Kamala Harris is writing checks, personal checks out of her bank account to cover the bail for the rioters in in uh, Minneapolis. Well, and we saw the D.C. Remember, they were outside the White House, mm-hmm. and, and they were burning buildings. They targeted St. John's Church outside yes. the White House. Yes. And I've heard of zero arrests the FBI have made mm-hmm. in connection with that. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have Jan Markell with us, as we do most Thursdays. At this time slot, Jan is president and founder of Olive Tree Ministries. She's the host of Understanding the Times, co-host of Understanding the Times Radio, which we play each weekend here on American Family Radio. Good morning, Jan. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. So is the snow melted in uh, Minneapolis? (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't nice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We haven't talked about the weather in a while. It's probably beautiful now this time of year, right? 
it it really is, and uh, I'm told it's been hotter up here than in Texas at least a week a week ago or so. So I, it's the world is upside down right now. <laughs> Jan, uh, you follow uh, what happens in Israel? Uh, yeah. From spiritually and politically and in other ways, uh, the the new prime, Benjamin Netanyahu is is no longer the prime minister. What's the new fellow's name, and and uh, what do you think of him? Well, my short answer, of course, is Naftali Bennett. My short answer is, um, you know, it's, it's it's interesting and and maybe not coincidence that America's very effective leader Donald Trump was bumped out of office, and at this and Israel's outstanding leader, amazing leader Benjamin Netanyahu, longest serving prime minister in her history was knocked out of office, you know, around the same time here within the last six months. Um, and I think both are a tragedy, and right now we're focusing on Israel, but Naftali Bennett is, um, at, at least he leans conservative, but there you elect a party. You don't ever vote for a candidate, you vote for a party. And his party has some kooks in it, I mean, real strange folks in in his party, and and uh, I, I, and I think the thing that concerns me the most is well, I mean, I think the ultimate question is he a leader, and, and I don't think we know yet. I'm hoping he is, but is he like a leader like Bibi? No, I don't think such a person exists. Uh, just like a replacement for Donald Trump will be will be difficult. My concern is what's going to happen with Iran. Is uh, Iran is building nukes, as we all know. Iran knows America is beyond weak right now. Iran knows Israel is weak without Bibi. And is Iran going to do something really stupid, like a major attack on Israel? Uh, And I don't have answers to those questions. Those are things listeners can be praying about. But we're in really perilous times without two strong leaders, both one in Israel and one in America. His last name's Bennett? Naftali Bennett, yes. You know, that's he, my, you know, he grew up. My mom's maiden name. Yeah, he grew up in San Francisco. Yes. Wonderful yeah. related. And, and his parents. Yeah, maybe you are. His parents are lefties. Uh, they, yeah, they're yeah. civil rights protesters. They protest mm-hmm. the Vietnam War. Uh, very interesting background. Yes. I, I'm not seeing anything positive, and I, and I hate to come yeah. on here and be so negative. But, you know, here's, I think, the bottom line, and we like to talk about a bottom line in in the times that we share. And I think both America and Israel are being prepped for the Antichrist. Now, you know, we don't know if that's 10 months or 10 years. We we just don't know. The signs would indicate that an Antichrist arrival is, and it could be soon, we don't know. Um, But America's being set up for that with weak leadership and with everything turning left and turning quite frankly, ugly. Uh, and now Israel is being set up even more so for an Antichrist and the Antichrist. And and I believe he's waiting in the wings. That's my personal opinion. And, and I think all of this says, gentlemen, is the hour is very late. And I think that's what listeners need to be pondering. And, and, and are they spiritually ready? If Jesus Christ returns today to call his church home, are your listeners ready to meet the Lord and, and go with him to heaven for that seven year uh, as the seven year tribulation plays out on earth 
Amen. Uh, hey, what are you going to be discussing, and who's going to be your guest this weekend? Well, I have um, some pastors I'm going to be talking with, and our topic is, is the next event an, a, a revival or the rapture? And there are many good believers who believe that a, a great awakening is going to happen yet. And then there are the other half, like myself, who believe and the rapture is imminent, and that revival happens during the tribulation. So we'll talk about that this weekend. It's Saturday at 1 Central and Sunday at noon Central. Jan, thanks so much for being on with us. God bless you. Have a great day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Jan Markell joining us from uh, sunny (laughs) and warm (laughs) Minneapolis, the Minneapolis Twin Cities area. Uh, all right, you're listening to today's issues on American Family Radio. Next story, Fred. Yeah, I mentioned yesterday we need to be in prayer for our military people because the uh, the wokeness crusade driven by the Biden administration is deeply affecting them. I don't think you're supposed to use crusade anymore. Oh, is that right? <laughs> no, you oh, need okay. to change. I don't know. You come up some something else, something else. Crusade is is European. Uh, it's the beginning of colonialism, uh, basically, Fred, from, okay. the, from the Middle Ages. I mean, do I have to tell hey, you about this, Fred? You've been reading this Dick's Woke Dictionary yeah, again, yeah. haven't well, you? We've got to Fred a sensitivity training. I've been learning. I've been learning. So I'm just trying to help everybody. Yes. Right. So anyway, go ahead. On the military side, uh, military people are being, uh, being given reading lists these days of things they need to read. And among them are books promoting critical race theory. And I think our audience is well-educated on what that is. It's demonic, I would call it. Anyway, Joint Chiefs Chair, four-star General Mark Miley, was in the hot seat this week being asked by members of the Republican members of the committee, what is up with this indoctrination into critical race theory? Here's a little bit of the General Miley's responding to that, and then you're going to hear the voice of Fox's Pete Hegseth, who is a military veteran himself, and, of course, a member of the Fox host team. Cut number one. And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers, of being, quote, woke or something else because we're studying some theories that are out there. He says he wants to read about uh, critical race theory and introduce it to the youngest of troops inside the military so they can understand white rage. Uh, I don't understand why they wouldn't be reading then Antifa, uh, Rules for Radicals, Saul Linsky. You want to understand the riots and things that happen and the violence that's used domestically? Are we not? Or is it just this just one side and one agenda, which, of course, it is our country's most important institution institution as far as maintaining our national security needs unit cohesion. And if you know anything about critical race theory, it is meant to divide us and push us against each other. Yeah, because critical race theory teaches that if you're born with white skin, you are an oppressor automatically. If you're a person of color, you are the oppressed. Now imagine the military is now teaching military personnel that this is gospel, this critical race theory. And in and, and, and earlier testimony, General Miley said, we're getting them ready for this. This helps military awareness. How is telling dividing white and black skinned people that one is oppressed, one is oppressor? How does that help you fight military battles? Yeah. Tell me. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. I, I mean, our, our mili- military has been politicized by multiple administrations. Obama started this 
uh, doing the uh, transgenders in the military and, and doing social experiments. And then this is, but I, I'm a little surprised that Mark Miley, the general there, was so out front and, and in favor of critical race theory there in the Senate. I mean, did, did he say he was? Yeah, he said oh, he's he's reading this book. He's reading books on critical race yeah, theory. Yeah, but don't don't throw things at me. Yeah, I read books on things I don't agree with. I, I don't know. It doesn't. It, you know what I'm saying? That, well, he he said he wants to understand white rage, and w- understand white supremacy in the Republican Party. Is that he said white rage. Yeah, the gen- he said he cited the like, January sixth riot 6th. at the Capitol, and he wants to know why these people are doing what they're doing. Uh, so it's uh, it's uh, it's the narr- it's the Biden narrative. Yes, it's the Biden narrative that that Trump supporters are all racist, white supremacist. They came to the Capitol to, this, with an insurrection, and is this so the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Yes, there this is. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. Play, play that. How long is that clip? Forty three seconds. Okay, I, I want to hear it again. Uh, I want to hear it again. So this is he's appearing before Congress. Yes, in a hearing yesterday. He's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, with, which is the number one position in the administration. It's a, it's a. He's, cat, a, he's the, he's the highest is. ranking military official in the government. All right, go ahead. And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers, of being quote woke or something else because we're studying some theories that are out there. He says he wants to read about uh, critical race theory and introduce it to the youngest of troops inside the military so they can understand white rage. Uh, I don't understand why they wouldn't be reading then Antifa, uh, Rules for Radicals, Saul Linsky. You want to understand the riots and things that happen and the violence that's used domestically? Are we not? Or is it just this just one side and one agenda, which of course it is. Our country's most important institution institution as far as maintaining our national security needs unit cohesion so that that's not the entire clip uh, i played this i recorded my show for saturday yesterday and i mm. played lo- a longer clip mm. and here's what 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 mark miley said the general um he said he what he said he does think it's important to be informed on these issues blah, blah blah then he goes on and says i want to understand white rage and i'm white what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building, talking about the Capitol, to try to overturn the Constitution of the United States? What caused that? I want to find that out. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I want to analyze it. It is important that the leaders now and in the future do understand it. So he, he's, he's connecting critical race theory and white supremacy with the people who came to D.C. on January 6th and, and Trump voters – Right, go ahead, but I'm going to say something I probably shouldn't say. You know, here we are just a few days before July the 4th, and we remember America born, born out of a a desire for independence and freedom. You think about the men who fought at Valley Forge and go up to Gettysburg and go up to Battle of the Bulge and go to Normandy, right, who sacrificed everything, who understood that to be part of the military meant you were going to fight and die for your own country now we have the top military man in our government wanting to educate the youngest troops on the on the tenets of critical race theory we've come a long way and not in the right direction from uh, dwight eisenhower and george Patton and the great military leaders of our nation to what we have now and really we got to lay the fault at the hands of the leftists who've taken over this country because it is now seeped into the military it can't bode well for future conflicts well we have already talked about the fbi mm-hmm. it, 
the FBI and the military, I would think, would be the last, the last two institutions that would surrender to left wingers. Yeah. Or the left wing agenda, or uh, whatever you want to call it, and evidently they have. Of course. But they have. Well, that's. Well, I think that's, there's. That's frightening. I think there's a major disconnect between um, the the bureaucrats in D.C. with across the country, like for example, the FBI, the rank and file. Yeah, uh, the FBI. Agents? FBI agents that work in all of our communities may be great. They may love our country. They may <laughs> want law and order. They may love the Constitution. But you've got these leaders who are political yeah. political appointees in Washington, and they're basically running the show based on what the White House says. Just one more point. He is upset, uh, General Miley, that anybody would accuse the military of being woke. Do you remember the story we had yesterday? Nellis Air Force Base? They are out and proud because they had a drag queen event in the last few days. And the military personnel, the base personnel there said, we think this is wonderful. Drag queens at Nellis Air Force Base, a drag queen show. This is going to show up. Wow. Somewhere, sometime, somehow. This is this is this uh, this deterioration. Yeah. Especially of the military is going to show up somewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. It's hard. That's hard to quantify. Right. It's hard to be specific. But I'm just saying you can't you can't have this. For the Joint Chiefs of Staff saying he wants to understand white rage. I don't even, what is he talking about? Alex McFarland is with us. Yeah. Alex is a co-host of Exploring the Word each afternoon. Three to four Central Time on American Family Radio. And he joins us most Thursdays. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, everybody. Do you have white rage, Alex? <laughs> uh, not really. I'm most days just trying to find Calm my down, cookies. Alex. Calm down. <laughs> yes. Control your rage. Yeah. What, what oh, is it? What, what is, Alex, you heard us talking about this. What is going on here? With, well, well, you know, using the military for social experimentation goes back to the Clinton years. You remember mm-hmm. all that? When, yeah. Uh, they were actively wanting to recruit gays for the military. And, uh, you know, I've got a friend who he recently retired. He was archivist for the U.S. Marines. And he would always say that uh, the, the military's job is to shoot guns and break things, you know, uh, in the interest of protecting uh, the country and the citizens. And isn't it something how um, the interest of U.S. citizens is the last thing on the table these days? Well, also, think about this for just a moment. If you want to interview the uh, the leader of the FBI before a congressional committee and inquire of him as to why maybe why he's promoting a critical race theory book among the FBI, and he says, I want to understand white rage, even though I just parentheses lol okay <laughs> okay i think that's a that's like in search of bigfoot white white rage there's right. no white rage in america there, there's no such thing as no. white rage right. but that's one thing but hear me out i guess you have to because i'm the host of the program okay but for the joint chairman of the joint chiefs of staff which is the United States military 
who has no authority on U.S. soil. You hear, you hear what I'm saying yeah. here? Right, to, right. to say, I want to understand why white rage threatened our democracy on January the 6th, which, as Walker said, is the whole leftist narrative yes, that he doesn't yes. even doesn't, – I didn't hear the whole uh, interview with the general, but doesn't even – it sounds like he's accepted that hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. That's just a matter of fact. It was white rage. They threatened our democracy. I want to understand it, and I want our military personnel to understand it. My question would be why? If they want to understand what happened on January 6th, let them do their own uh, study. And edu- because it doesn't apply to you because you now have no uh, – there, there's, no, there's no reason that our military would ever uh, want to prevent – what happened on you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Walker, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, they're they're not they're not they're not supposed to operate domestically. Right. But what they're trying to do and what they are doing, and Biden has said this and Miley has said this and others, is they're trying to purge the military of people who love our country and love our constitution. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how you take Which over. Which is the a majority country. of our military. They're yeah. they're come they're patriotic people who are basically conservative. And these people are these people sound like they want to purge them. Yeah, this is basically what I call on my show the enemy within. We have an entire yeah. uh, political party apparatus, and includes the Democrats, the media, and corporations who hate our country and hate our constitution, and they want to purge all opposition. That that whether it be someone in the military or someone in law enforcement, someone in Congress, if you love our country, love our constitution, you're out, Alex. The Democrat narrative is that January 6th was a threat to the Constitution. But in reality, I mean, as I speak with concerned Americans all over the country, those that went to the Capitol January 6th were going in response to the real threat to our Constitution. And, uh, you know, I was talking with an Uber driver from Tanzania Sunday afternoon. I came to the convention here. The, by the way, our AFA radio staff, much of the staff is at the NRB convention in Dallas. But So I had a 30-minute Uber ride with a man from Tanzania. He's been here two years. Nice guy and very forthright. Been here two years, and he said out of the blue, he didn't know who I was, didn't know that I was a minister or anything. He said, the Democrat Party is a threat to America, and I'm just listening. Mm-hmm. And he said, I, I came here from Tanzania to seek you know, freedom, and he was a Christian, and he said, uh, why marriage, life, everything in the Bible, Democrat are against? Mm. And he said, why is that? I said, well, it's a spiritual battle. But, um, hey, guys, can I change gears for just a second? I'm so glad to be on with yes, you guys go. for a second. I was praying about things. Okay, you know, I got saved at age 21 through a Southern Baptist church. And I was discipled, I was ordained, I was a youth pastor for 11 years. Uh, from 98 to 03, I was with the North American Mission Board as uh, National Director for Apologetics, and I traveled all, all over the country. Something dawned on me, and I know I, I threw this at you out of left field, guys, but the the SBC right now, I'm... Uh, can you say a, right field? Uh, uh, yes, okay, we, right We don't field. want anything thrown to us from left field. No, no, the <laughs> left ahead. is not a part of... It. Anyway, here's the thing. I, I've preached in all kinds of churches, but I've preached in about a thousand Southern Baptist churches. And one of the great things about the SBC is their missions program, the cooperative program, which giving is down. So here I thought, I want to do something for the denomination that brought me to Christ. Now listen to this, folks. 
I I have 571,000 Twitter uh, Facebook followers and God's given me a little bit of a platform. So SBC, I make you this offer. I will chair the ERLC and it won't cost you a penny. It'll pro bono. It won't cost you one penny. And I will do my utmost to help keep the denomination theologically sound. And I can guarantee giving to the cooperative program will go up. Pastors trust me. And I, and I hope I've earned that trust. But guys, I, I thought about I want to, and of course, I think we all know there's not a chance in the world that they would ever do this. But guys, I know all about it. I once, I once managed a staff of 50 people in a $7 million budget, administratively, spiritually, theologically. I'm your guy. The ERLC needs a chair right now, and I will do it for the denomination. And I, I come to help. I got no agenda, and it will not cost them one penny. Okay, the 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 uh, Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention, formerly run by Dr. Russell Moore. But I'm offering to help. You you saying you will take? He's out, so you're saying you will take that office and work for free. Well, exactly. And you will have a, you, and you're a lifelong Southern Baptist, and so you're loyal to the denomination, and you. Will, I know how it works. You know how it works. You bring a lot to the table. Maybe. Which is I like that, Alex. Kind of a gambling thing. So, which as, as a so Southern Baptist, 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 I like that. Against that. So, Mr. So Chairman, exactly. I second that motion. I'll second. third it. Call for the question. I'll third it. <laughs> Won't cost you a penny. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. <laughs> we're we're for you, Alex. Us. Just tell us how we can get behind you. All right. Well, we'll see if we hear anything from this. Dr. Alex McFarland. Are you at the NRB there in Dallas? Yes, sir. Okay. I'm, I'm up here with Jim Stanley and Bert and Devin and Jonathan Coker. And At the everybody. AFR suite? At the uh, overlooking beautiful Texas. Are they uh, Are they whining and dining out there? Our no. Staff? We are, saw, they, are they being, huh? We're interviewing people like Erwin Lutzer and Mike Pompeo. But I'm just asking you, by. are they getting $25 <laughs> breakfast buffets? That's what I'm asking you. No. Because <laughs> I want Colette a report. Stanley I need an insider. Oranges. I need an insider <laughs> to tell me we're, what's we're, going on. We're eating crackers and oranges. <laughs> the views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.